0: Welcome to the Rethinking Humanity podcast, where we dive deeper into what makes us human and what causes us to thrive. I'm Lacey Delane.
1: Hi, I'm Sonia Larea.
0: And we are so excited to have you for episode 21. It is Building a Being Mode-Based Society, part 20? No, I'm just kidding. Part five, something like that. We're still in the theme of how do we get to a being mode-based society. Today's topic is liberating women from the patriarchy. Huge topic here. I think we'll have plenty to talk about. Um, And this is something that Frome wrote about. So we're going to get to that. Sonia, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm out of town, but uh, yeah. So far, so good. Just uh, the weather. I'm in New Orleans, and the weather is really beautiful here. I think it's nice in Atlanta, right? You said yeah. that.
0: Yeah, it's it's been nice. We had a good weekend uh, last weekend, and then um, we've had some rain and some storms come through, um, but it wasn't really as bad as I think we all expected, and so now it's clear and sunny and warm, so yay for that.
1: Cool. Yeah.
0: Cool. Really, really good. Um, have you heard the news about everything that's going on
1: in Atlanta? Um, yeah,
0: Asian hate. I mean, this is just an issue that's just continuing. It's very sad.
1: Yeah, it's really sad. Um, for people, I'm sure anybody who's listening to us, if you wa- watched any news, you know that there were these attacks on the they call it the massage parlors there in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe eight people were died through those attacks. And um, they were women. I think Mm. the majority, I think all of them but one were women. I don't know if I'm getting the facts right. I think I sent you something, Lacey.
0: Yeah. But
1: the bottom line is it's just a really sad state of affairs. It shows how our society is sick. Yeah. It shows how um, we need to start looking at each other as human beings, not living in this dehumanized way. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's one of the reasons I think we're talking every day amongst, you know, you and I and then trying on this podcast to rethink how we're doing life, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we just want to say that we stand up against this, Uh, any kind of racism and especially uh, racism against Asians right now. This is just unacceptable. And it's it doesn't help anything. I don't know what good might come from this? But, you know, we were talking about this earlier, Sonia, you and I, and we just talked about how it really, its it comes from a place of really dehumanization, like really dehumanizing Asians. It's like taking away the reality, like they're okay. a human being. Why do you think you need to do them harm? What's, I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I don't either. its uh, It's very distressing, very sad. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, we have to just take, I think, s- steps like this to be kind to each other every day and, I don't know, try to live differently in that um, I heard something that I liked last night about befriending someone that's not like you. We need to have more friends yeah. that don't look like us and maybe that don't think like us because we need a world where we have more empathy and compassion.
0: Yeah, I know. Another thing that a lot of people are doing right now is intentionally um, supporting Asian-owned businesses. So mm-hmm. if there is a specific business or restaurant that's Asian-owned that you uh, like. I would encourage you right now to like uh, to support them. Even say something like you know, reach out to to people and just that are you know, reach out to Asian folks and tell them, hey. I'm sorry that you're going through this pain. I support you and I stand against this because it's, it's just, it it tells you a lot. Like you're saying about the state of our society. We really are living in an insane, a sick society. Why when somebody is struggling, having a bad day, that's what they do. They go and kill somebody. That's a sick society.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you, Lacey, support um, businesses, uh, you know, live day to day, uh, being kinder. And this is going to take steps towards changing the way we think, the way we live, the, what we believe it's just, it's, it's necessary. Other, otherwise more lives will be lost.
0: Yeah. We don't want to see that. So um, we definitely wanted to make sure we talked about it a little bit today on the podcast. Um, We also wanted to send a quick shout out to Cheryl and Steve.
1: Yes. They're our friends from philosophy and they bought us a coffee. Thank you.
0: Yes. They bought us a coffee. They have bought us a lot of coffees (laughs) and we appreciate it Uh, to support us in this podcast. If you want to buy us a coffee, we will appreciate it as well. Um, It's buymeacoffee.com slash Sonia Larea slash Victor Ho slash Lacey Delane, So um, check that if you would like. The other thing that you can check out is our special bonus content that we just dropped earlier this week. It's from uh, our time on the Beltline over the weekend. Unfortunately, Sonia couldn't be there. You weren't feeling good, right? No,
1: it wasn't 100%. So Lacey did it on her own, but I think it turned out really well.
0: Yeah, thanks. Um, it was fun. I got to talk to several people in Atlanta about Uh, self-love, which is something that we've talked about on the podcast, Um, and also basic income, which that's from episode 20. And um, it was cool. I really enjoyed talking to everybody. Moni and Kanan really had some cool stuff to say. And um, yeah, it was just fun to interact with them. It's a really different feel, um, that episode, just like interviewing word on the street kind of stuff. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out, check that out. And, you know, hopefully, Sonia, when you get back here, we can do that together again. Cool. Yeah. Um, there's also a big thing happening on
1: April 3rd. Yeah, we're going to have Shara, Sherry sorry, Turkle. And um, uh-huh. I'm in the middle of reading another one of her books. Um, but, yes, the one uh, that she recently wrote was Empathy Diaries. Uh, check that out. Reclaiming Conversation. Alone yeah. Together. And there's previous books before that, which I don't know off the top of my head, but the bottom line is she's awesome. You can find her on YouTube. Mm-hmm. She's a very well-known author, you know, MIT, Harvard. She's, she's brilliant. She's awesome.
0: She really is. You said, uh, well, tell me a little bit about what you're reading in Alone Together. I have heard great things about that one. And that's the only one I haven't, well, one that I haven't read.
1: Um, well, she starts back in the 80s. She's looking at also the toys that children play with. They're called fur babies. I don't even remember them all. The Tamagotchi. There's one. Yes. That's like, oh, I remember. you remember that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. See, I didn't know. I'm not
0: it. that old, actually. Never mind. I don't remember. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's talking about how the kids are connecting with these uh, inanimate objects. So it's really interesting because she's looking at how people would think about their relationship, say, 20 years earlier and then look at how they think about it, say even now, how we think about our relationships with our, um, with technology. It's really interesting. I just, I'm in the very beginning of it, but um, yeah, I suggest people to, even though we're thinking, wow, well, we're 2021, but it's interesting to see the evolution Mm. of how we've, you know, come with technology, how we see it, And there's another book I'm reading, I'll just do a shout out, it's uh, Clara and the Sun. Now Mm -hmm. I'm gonna throw this term out. The girl in this book has an AF, artificial friend. So that just tells you how far we've come.
0: What? That Mm -hmm. is insane. I know, I know. Like she goes, she She goes to
1: the store, everybody buys artificial friends, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. And, and when you think about it, it's not that far removed because Sherry Turkle in her book, which is not fiction, by the way, the book I'm reading is fiction. Mm-hmm. They talk about designing robots to be with the elderly, you know, so the right. elderly could like have a robot next to it and have some <sighs> thing comforting. him. Wow. Or her. I mean, it's just their concepts that blow your mind, but mm. they don't really blow my mind because we are living in this day and age of technology. So I think you know, it's like the same one we did the episode on. Um, so guess-
0: dilemma. yes. Yeah. yes. So it's Still in the ba- themes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. same things. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to have her on.
0: Yeah, that's going to be amazing. I, I think this technology thing, it's we're, we're, sh- we're learning more and more if we're not intentional as we continue to speedily, you know, develop these technologies, we are going to hurt ourselves um, in the process, so mm-hmm. super excited for for Sherry Turkle. And last thing I'll mention, I think we'll have this episode out in time, so for me to promote this um, tomorrow night, I am speaking. We we are speaking um, at this a global happiness summit. It's online, uh, hosted by Anita Berg, and that's going to be really fun. I, it's 10 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I'll be I'll drop a link to it in the description of this podcast. Um, so that'll be fun. If you can hang out with us, come hang out with us. All right. We we know a little bit about happiness, right? Right, Sonya?
1: We're trying to get there. We're
0: trying. We're trying. <laughs> All right. So, oh, so here's the big thing that's going to happen today. Are you ready? I am going to disagree with Frome today. Okay, cool. Okay. So, yeah, I know that's not something I normally do. I normally, like, can I date the guy, please, somehow? Yeah. <laughs> but today I'm going to disagree with him. All right. So we're going to jump into um, the content. Again, it's how we can build a being mode based society. If you're cu- curious about what the being mode is, why we would want to build a being mode based society, um, see our earlier episodes where we discuss what the being mode is. Um, I think it's four, five, six, somewhere around in there, those episodes. Um, so, and then, you know, the main. Thing, we, we've done several episodes called this um, and so we've taken um, some of From's ideas from the last chapter of his book to have or to be and discussed um, those. this last chapter is how do we get there basically how do we do this? Um, and so today we are going to you know share and speak about one of the ones that he one of the ideas that he proposed, in how we get to how we build a being mode based society, and we I think we'll have more than enough content on this actual topic. Um, so if we don't, we we you know can continue on a couple other things he mentions. But I think we will have plenty here. And he says that in order for us to transition to a being mode based society, women must be liberated from patriarchal domination.
1: Wow. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Well, that is a big theme, Um, and I think that's why we decided kind of to focus on that today. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've heard a lot. That word is thrown around a lot now in the media, and I think uh, everyone has a certain reaction to the patriarchy. But one of the things that I like, Lacey, is you sent me an article that I read that actually discusses about how we're all swimming in the patriarchy, meaning. It's not just that we've established a system where men, you know, are defined as a patriarchy. We as women sort of accept that system. Right. And for us, for the society to change, it's going to be on both sides, men and women shifting because yeah. we have this idea of the men being, you know, the provider and women being sort of, um, you know, less empowered. And there's just these whole uh, stereotypes that right. we're going to have to. um Dismantle, and it's not easy because these stereotypes have been around for wow, centuries,
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's super interesting I, and i and I think you know maybe it's good for us to define what the patriarchy is yes. potentially yeah. so there from this article that you're referring to, which again, I'll put that link in the show notes um this description, um but I think this is a good way to describe what the patriarchy is. He says, if there is a clear power imbalance between the two where one stands to lose or gain based on the goodwill of the other, then you really cannot talk about a consensual relationship. And that is really, I think the essence of the patriarchy. It is a male domination. It is a male uh, preference. It's males being in a higher position of authority and power.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think the challenge of that is that that's a system that has been around for a long time. And it's Mm -hmm. also in every aspect of our life. It's just not in one area. You know, it could be in the corporate world, could be in your home life, could be in in relationships. I mean, the list goes on and on. So you're dismantling something that is sort of like common. And I mean, it is common. How can I put this? It's something that we're comfortable with almost, I feel. Yeah. Um, so that's where the challenge becomes, because it's something that is very known that, you know, it's like, you're, you're, you're used to it, so to speak.
0: It's familiar. It's comfortable Mm -hmm. to give some examples. We don't, I mean, we just got a female, uh, person, leader, you know, vice president, but visible female in a position of authority in our country. And it's 2021. I almost (laughs) said a bad word there. (laughs) A bad word. Anyway, it's 2021. Uh, So the idea, the patriarchy is, here's an example, the idea that only men are supposed to be in leadership positions. Right. Um, Even within a relationship or a marriage where the man is the head of the Household. relationship and they or the household exactly and they're the ones that have like the final say in how right. things go that is disempowering to a, a woman and the best relationships the healthiest relationships are ones where each person are whole and and they work together they collaborate together as a team to make right. decisions
1: But, you know, one of the things when you talk about the head of the household, one of the challenges that we have with that, and I don't quote me because I don't know the exact dates, but it's recently, like say in the 70s, like women couldn't, it's not that long that women didn't have the power to do anything unless they had the signature of their husband. Mm. Uh, So there's a lot of little things in there that kind of tie you in with, quote unquote, the male. And that's society and our structures set up to empower you know this the patriarchal system where one is dominant over the other Mm -hmm. so women were dependent which they still are in a lot of ways we talked about that they're dependent you know economically is the big one yeah one of the reasons we support ubi is that a woman can't leave a situation that's abusive because she's reliant economically on the male
0: because of the patriarchy, because of these exactly. patriarchal thought processes and ideas. And values. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think equal pay for women is a very good example. We still don't have equal pay for women. No. I mean, right. I can go and apply for a job that I'm equally as qualified for as a, a male and I will be paid less. Studies show it. We know it. That was something that that women were working towards um, equal pay in the. 50s, whenever, or 60s, gosh, my numbers aren't the greatest. I'm not exactly sure. But when the women's uh, movement, liberation yeah. movement was happening, they were fighting for that. And it's still not there. Yeah, it's still, still, not,
1: there. still not adequate. Um, I think the other thing is how we raise uh, the children because one of the things the article talked about is that being a, being a whole human being, like you could be a man and be vulnerable. You yeah. can be a woman and be powerful and strong. So there's these um, labels that we put on, like the femi- feminine and the masculine, yeah. which, by the way, we all of us carry both of those, feminine and masculine traits. Correct. But the problem is, and it's interesting in the article, they state that women, we're kind of more comfortable now a little bit, like you're saying, with the, VP, the vice president of women kind of being empowered because I think there's movements that have um, made us, you know, it challenged us, say, with sports or with politics. But yeah. we're not as comfortable with men being vulnerable because then we're like, oh, now they're going to be weak. Now are they going to be able to take care of us? You know, so it's very interesting.
0: Yeah, and I, it is interesting. And I also think that um the patriarchy does send that message, obviously, like that males are supposed to be stronger and not as sensitive and not emotional, whereas women are like, Uh, weak and dependent and more emotional and therefore unable and unfit to lead or make decisions or, um, you know, be in positions of authority. But that is a message that's harmful to men just as much as it is women, because men aren't able to really fully experience their humanity by being vulnerable, by, by showing emotion by feeling their feelings. I mean, this is actually probably leads men to be a lot more dysfunctional, a lot more unhealthy, maybe a lot more passive aggressive, a lot more resentful, a lot more angry, you name it, whatever happens, whenever you repress it, they do that because they're not allowed Mm -hmm. to to be emotional because that's what the patriarchy says to them that they can't do.
1: Yeah, and I, I think we discussed this earlier. I, a lot of this is um, coming from power, wanting to have uh, the power role, and I think that translates even into which we already know to groups that are, that experience racism or your yeah. different ethnicity or your different you know gender. It, it, it's um, or you don't you know you don't fit into the mold. And so, this is very interesting to me because I do think power is behind a lot of why we have set up these structures. And people get people, meaning the people in power are afraid to lose that power. So, they continue to perpetuate that whole myth, you know, that whoever's in power, whether it's men or, you know, white male or however you want to describe that, is that the myth is, you know, that. Powerful dominant group knows better.
0: Yes, yes. The big one of the big problems with this is exactly that—that that it is a blueprint for different groups uh, to say that I'm better than you and dominate and have control over other groups, whether that's because of sex, race, whatever it is. And Fromm talks about that in this. Chapter and actually, this article talks about that, which I, I hopefully I can find it. But from does talk about this in this section.
1: Yeah, you read something earlier to me, and uh, yeah, if you find it, definitely, it's awesome. It's how um, the system that we've created isn't working for us, and uh, the author of the article just says it perfectly in, in one of those paragraphs. But yeah, from mm-hmm. does talk about that too, and I think we see fear. When the quote unquote powerful group seems to be losing, you know, his or what's well, typically his grip on the system in the system. Right. And that fear perpetuates more actions to uh, suppress the voices, you know, mm-hmm. women or other uh, groups to ha- to have a role in society, which is like you're saying, damaging to all of us because right. now we can't live as a whole society. We're living as a society that, you know, one group is has favor over another. And we know what the consequences of that is because we're experiencing those consequences today. Right.
0: Yeah, the article, this is a Forbes article um, written by, let me just reference this here. So everybody, um, maybe I can get up here. This is a a Forbes article by Kathy Caprino with uh, interviewing a man named, hang on, I'm trying to scroll, Terry Real. Um, And Terry says, we all live under patriarchy, which is a rigid dichotomy of gender roles. We all know what the dichotomy is. Traditionally, men are supposed to be strong and feel independent, unemotional, logical, and confident. Women are supposed to be expressive, Nurturant, weak, independent. One of the things I say about those traditional gender roles is that they don't make anybody happy, happy and they don't make for intimacy. And so I wanna see if I can find this part um, where he he connects this to,
1: you right. know. He fruit. says happiness, no, intimacy, no,
0: um,
1: mm-hmm. has said that that structure that we've created. And to me, it was more of a structure. I'll tell you, it's a social contract it's a contract to be able to like live, like literally like a labor contract Mm -hmm. and the things that we're needing, which he discusses, like he said, the intimacy, the happiness, the wholeness will not be achieved by that old contract of the role of the man being powerful and the Mm -hmm. woman being, you know, weaker, that is not going to get us to uh, to where we need to be today.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, he, he does say this. This is something I wanted to read and then we'll go back to what Fromm said because we haven't really, um, I haven't read any of what he said uh, from this section and he has some really powerful things to say. But um, so this is the the article. He says, I work with men and women all day long in both heterosexual relationships and same-sex relationships. And one of the things I've seen is that in order to lead men and women into happiness and intimacy, we have to lead men and women out of patriarchy because the old rules were not built for intimacy and happiness. The old rules were built for stability, for production and consumption. (laughs) Mm Hmm, Hmm, Who does that sound like? Like from. (laughs) Yep. Intimacy, I don't think so. Happiness? No, it was about buckle up and do your job. But today we want intimacy. I think we've been living in this shit for so long. We're like, look, I want to enjoy my life. I want to be intimate. I want to be human in this way. Intimacy is a good thing, he says. Um, and the old rules are not going to get us there. We need to reconfigure who we are both as men and as women. And frankly, we need a new vision. He's saying we need to rethink humanity. Yeah, We need some leadership too as to what that looks
1: like. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That was the the paragraph that I was thinking of and you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, so you, do, you want to shift back to Fromm. So Fromm, um, the reason that he talks about this whole patriarchal thing is this actually perpetuates the capitalist society mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the consumption and, and the system, it, it allows us to keep consuming and keep living in this capitalist society because you have this authoritarian system where you have, again, the group that dominates. The right. group that's the decision maker. right.
0: Yes. And he says, the exercise of power over those who are weaker is the essence of the existing patriarchy as it is the essence of the domination of non-industrialized nations and of children and adolescents. Um, And the growing movement for women's liberation is enormously significant because it is a threat to the principle of power on which contemporary society, capitalist. Mm-hmm. And communists alike, actually, he says, lives. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the the power, the um, preying on the weak, it's it's a it's an organization system in a way. It's a thought system of like how one group is better than another right. and can take advantage of the other.
1: Right, right. And so he talks about the subjugation of one half of the human race by the other has done and still does in, immense harm to both sexes. Mm -hmm. which we talked about earlier because we're saying the men aren't allowed to have their side, you know, their emotional side. Women aren't allowed to show their side. So really it makes the society not function as best as one could have a society function.
0: Yeah. And he goes on to say there right after no relationship between a man and a woman, even today. And even among those who are consciously against this behavior and this thought process is free from the curse either of men, among men of feeling superior or among women of feeling inferior. Basically we are all affected by this. We cannot escape it. Even people who think that they, who not think that they, but people who are like, no, I'm not for this. This is not good. This right. is not a good way to do life. We're still living with. The we, live, we
1: live in it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: The, and That's if you powerful. think about, yeah, the idea of male superior I have to admit, and because we've grown up in this, so I know this is going to sound really, I'm just going to say it, like we're talking years ago, not presently. Mm -hmm. I would think of a doctor typically as male. Yes. Because if all the images you saw or you read about in books were male, then you see a female doctor come in. Right. And I think, ooh, is this female doctor going to be as smart as the male doctor? Right. Because all we've been exposed to is the male.
0: Right, right. I mean, I wonder if there's other um, roles that you can think of that you're like, this is only supposed to be for men. Military would be one, I guess.
1: Military would be one. The other one that's fascinating to me, and you've probably seen this because I know you follow sports, is women now that have been put in these positions of managing like a a team, you know, Mm -hmm. a professional team. Mm -hmm. And I remember and I thought how awesome that was, but there was a little part of me that went, well, do do I think they really are going to get it? Because they're not a guy. Isn't that crazy? You know what I mean? Male, like we're talking American football now, not soccer. They actually have women that are managing these, you know, male football teams. Yeah. And so but again, I think the positive there is you start seeing that and it becomes the norm rather than the exception. And okay. girls now, 20 years from now or 40 years or whatever, the, however long it takes, will not see that gender-based, maybe the way someone are in our era is looking at it.
0: Yeah, and I do think literature does have a good bit to do with that. I mean, you said something about, you know, growing up in books, seeing, you know, a doctor in the book mm-hmm. is a picture of a male. You know, right. those are types of things that are stuck with us. And I, I mean, I've done the same thing seeing a woman in, a, in certain roles and I'm like, are you really fit to do that? And that's not fair, you know, it's, it's, but it's conditioned in it's us.
1: the conditioned, it's the conditioned, And that's why we need to see women to be in a variety of roles. We need to see men being vulnerable. Um, I think in the art, that same article, they talk about nine uh, yes. 11, firemen like cry, these real strong yes. men and seeing their, their emotional, they're showing their emotions and what's really interesting about that is that you can be a whole person where you have obviously you have vulnerability but you also have strength yeah and So we need to see those examples um in our society especially growing up yeah. so that we have role models
0: well it's like you said earlier you know we're all we all have the feminine and the masculine you know in us if you want to say it that way i mean really we're all human beings we just yeah. have different body parts and we come in different colors and our hair is different and than other people great that's exciting that's wonderful you know that gives life some spice you know but but the but the real thing i think that this hits on and especially considering what we talk about on the podcast is really the patriarchy is it's dehumanizing it says you are not you're less than you're not really fully human. So does this hate against Asians? You're right. not really fully human. So it doesn't matter how you're treated. That's basically the underlying message. It's it's contempt. Basically. Right. Basically.
1: And the sad part about this, I think if if I was in the patri- if I was part of that, if I was part of the male patriarchy, mm-hmm. the sad part is that it does not not allow the male to be a full person. And so there's a, it's, to me, it's like you're having to suppress your feelings Yes. and that would be really horrible. And then yeah. you have to be tough all the time, or you can't be emotional or you can't obviously the vulnerable is the big word, but I just think it's so damaging. It creates this dysfunction. Right. But, and, and then it's got to create anger, right? And resentment, And all these emotions that uh, are coming to the surface that you have to suppress. Obviously, women are doing that all the time. There's plenty of stories out there. But the reality is that we aren't helping one another by not allowing one. And again, we're going back to self-actualization, to self-actualize, to know oneself, to then be able to come to a relationship or to come to a situation and being your whole self, Yes, not the self that you think you need to be.
0: Right. Or that
1: society has told you.
0: Has told you to be. Mm. Yeah and I mean I think that's that's the root of this is like we are all human beings. I don't, who gives a shit if you have a penis and I have a vagina? We're human beings and we all have the same experiences. We need to feel. We are human. We do feel. We can't not feel because we're human beings. We need to eat, we need to sleep, we need love, we We need need to have sex, we need, we have the same needs. Where did the idea come from that we're that different?
1: Right, like I said, it's been, this has been around for so long. I will make one comment that I think is a little bit hopeful. I believe the generation, the, you know, the, the younger generation now, um, more specifically, definitely like with the whole idea of the other, I think they are much more open-minded in accepting those of different um, races, of different you know, religions. They're not as blinded as say older generations of putting people into boxes. Now, yeah. the gender part's gonna be interesting as far as the male female, because I believe that's still pretty much entrenched in our society. It's starting to be dismantled, but- um, right. I do see some hope in the, the younger generations.
0: That's true, absolutely. I think that there is definitely hope. And that makes me think of something that Frome mentions at the beginning of this section. He says that the domination of women by men began only about 6,000 years ago in various parts of the world when surplus in agriculture permitted the hiring and exploitation of workers the organization of armies, and the building of powerful city-states. So this is not something that is natural. I mean, this is something that came about because right. of the structure of society. I'm going to say that again. This is something that came about because of the structure of a society. That's why we have the patriarchy, basically. Yeah.
1: And you said it in the, what you just said earlier is the exploitation to me um, stands out in power. Exploitation, yes. power, and money. That's hmm, Where have we heard about that before? <laughs> hmm.
0: Yes, he says this victory of the male over the female of the human species was based on the men's economic power and the military machine that they built. So this, this is where this all
1: comes from.
0: And again, okay. it goes back to this idea of power. We talked about earlier.
1: Yeah, of power and going back to from consumption, capitalism, mm-hmm. and if that is what we keep, the rules that we keep living by, then we're just going to keep perpetuating this. That's why we, we have to rethink
0: everything yes. we're doing. Yes, and change the rules, change the values of, of our society. Another thing he says is that, um, and I wonder your thoughts on this, Sonia, he says Um, that if women want to liberate us from all of this power struggle, is basically what it is, he says what they need to do, I'm going to read this, if women clearly mean by liberation they do not want to share the men's power over other groups, because this is, again, about power over other groups, then um, such as the power over colonial peoples, if the women can go and become functional representatives of anti-power. He says, women will have a decisive influence in the battle for a new society. He's saying, women, what you have to do or what what's effective for you to do is to, to go against this whole um, narrative of power and gaining power. Don't make this like a power grab. Don't make this like, oh, we're women. We're in charge, you know, now men are less than. No, don't do that. Get rid of that shit. Just completely get rid of it.
1: Well, to be honest, that's going to be a process because one of the things the article points out is that women are, are also part of the patriarchy. And what I think mm-hmm. happens is if you don't have something else to design, then what can potentially happen is the women say, well, the men are in power now, I'm going to be in power because the role model is looking at the man. So we need, in my opinion, new visions and new visions from women and men on how to live. And then that's what we emulate. Because if we are looking at examples of what we currently have, we're just gonna repeat the same system. Just we're gonna have a different gender doing it.
0: Once again, the importance for the brightest minds, Mm -hmm. the importance of having the brightest minds be thinking about how we can change how we're doing things and brainstorming in those ways. We've talked about that on past episodes. You know, I think another thing he says here, that's interesting. And, um, in a, in a minute, I'm going to disagree with from, so, so okay. if you're waiting for that, keep waiting, because I'm not far off from that. The fight for the liberation of women has only just begun and men's resistance cannot be overestimated their whole relation to women, including their sexual relation has been based on their alleged superiority and they have already begun to feel quite uncomfortable and anxious because of the women who refuse to accept the myth of male superiority.
1: That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Really
0: good. We, we got a long way to go basically. Um, and I mean, I I'm hopeful that, you know, I, I know we have men who listen to our podcast, so I'm hopeful, you know, that, that this is something that, I'm sure they're already aware of, but hopefully that they can, you know, continue to think on and process through and, you know, find ways to, to speak out against it.
1: Yeah. And that's where our society, and I'm going to throw UBI back in here. I think that's, and I'm just going to shout out to the men. I know it's got to be tough when the man is the one who's got to be the provider. Yes. That's too much pressure. Yeah. And then they go back into a say office or male environment where they're not going to be able to show vulnerability, say, "Hey, I want to spend time with my wife and children right with my family or myself I mean they're gonna the other people are gonna look at them specifically and like, what are you talking about? Buckle yeah. up like be tough yeah. yeah, and so I do feel empathetic for them. That's why we have to create a new system in the way that we can all live
0: yeah, I've thought of that. I have friends who you know talk about how you know, certain traditional roles they're looking for in finding a mate. And I'm thinking, man, I would not, as a man, I would not want that pressure. That's a lot lot to be the sole provider and take care of, dude, dude, why? Why do we do that to ourselves? No, it can be a partnership. It's supposed to be a partnership that's healthier for everybody and better for their mental health. So yeah. We're not accusing men here saying that, you know, you're horrible, blah, blah, blah. It's not, this is not good for anybody. And, no. and men no. definitely have their, their difficulty. And in this, um, you know, in the midst of all this. Okay. So here's where I disagree yeah. with from. Are you ready, Sonia? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I gave you a heads up about this, did I? No. Telling. <laughs> all, right, all right. What are you thinking I'm going to say? Do you have any idea? I don't
1: have any idea. <laughs>
0: Okay. I'm going to read this part. He says, paralleling this emancipation from authority is the liberation from guilt about sex. Sex certainly seems to have ceased being unspeakable and sinful. However, many, I'm sorry. However, people may differ in their opinions. However, people may differ in their opinions regarding the relative merits of the many facets of sexual revolution. One thing is sure. Sex no longer frightens people. It can no longer be used to develop a sense of guilt and thereby to force submission. Totally disagree with you, dude. Not true. <laughs> what do you think, Sonya?
1: Um, You know, that was an interesting statement by From. I have to put it into context maybe of the era that he was living in. And perhaps because like Freud, they were, you know, Freud, that was a big theme. Um, in his whole psychoanalysis. So I have to do some more research to understand really what he means there. But I understand why you would disagree, Lacey.
0: Yeah. I mean, I definitely think, I mean, I have friends from childhood who we talk about how, like, it was like, don't have sex until you get married. And then, you know, churches and different religious organizations would affirm that. And so that is, definitely there's shame and fear around sex. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about them in past um, episodes, but um, yeah, I know that there's been a lot of progress and especially when he was writing this, there was a lot of progress in that area, but we're not there yet with that. No, no,
1: we're not. And he might've been more referring to the idea that it shouldn't be. And I have to look at it again, be as shameful and whatever, like what you're saying, but the right. reality is to your point is we're not there yet.
0: Yeah. Yep, I don't think we are. <sighs> well, man, I knew we could talk for forty-five minutes on this topic. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, this is a good one. You can dive deep into this, uh, into this topic. It's it's an ever, you know, evolving, especially now with Me Too and with a lot of things that are coming out um, from all walks of life and from different, different stories we hear every day. Right. Right. It's, it's not going away, so we're we're having to figure it out.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's uh, an important conversation to have and to think about and um, and and hopefully we can all think about the ways, you know, we might facilitate this or still think, you know, in a patriarchal manner and just grow, you know, grow out of that as you know, as, as best. As right.
1: Can. Um, actually, you said something really awesome, Lacey, right now that just popped in my head for everyone. Yeah, I think the typical reaction at least smiling would be is blame the patriarchy. I'm the woman. There's man. But I think it's important to look inside ourselves and see how do we contribute to it in our own way of living? And what are some things, ideas we have in our head that we need to start changing how we think? Mm -hmm. Just as we talked earlier, the roles that we see people in. Because I think it's easier to step outside and say, oh, this is wrong, that's wrong. But how do we as individuals every day right. maybe act in our own life and do like little changes and just thinking a little bit different, mm-hmm. um, reading or like you're saying, seeing someone who's in a position and they're, it's not someone that you would expect to be in that position, but they are. Yeah. And accepting that, whether whatever their gender is, their color, their um, religious background and being more open to all people being in different roles in society. I think that will help too.
0: A hundred percent, that's, you know, it's like self-awareness too, you know, just noticing when you go, oh, I think, why is that woman doing that? The woman doesn't need to be doing that. Noticing yourself doing that and then Mm -hmm. not doing it and go, oh, this is a place where I'm agreeing with the patriarchy that's okay. Well, of course I agree with Pedro. I've been conditioned that way. Let me notice this and let me mm-hmm. learn not to do it again. You know. Correct. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Sonia, um, thank you so much. You know, we appreciate you, uh, obviously being here and while you're in new Orleans, of course you're going to be here, but it's, yeah. it's always, I, I don't like you at all. So it's, you know, it's okay. it's <laughs> I don't like talking to you or anything.
1: Oh, and I want to say we appreciate, well, of course we appreciate you Lacey, because you're working so hard with our podcast, but um, I want to do a shout out to Victor behind the scenes. Yes. He's awesome. He is helping us so much.
0: Yeah, he is awesome. He's the reason you get to see video clips is, a few hours of work because of him. So yeah. uh, definitely buy him a coffee, dude. Yeah, are he, awesome. Uh, yes, exactly. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being with us. We will be back again, at least probably in a week, but definitely soon. And uh, we'll be talking to you again. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Yeah, it's great to see you, Lacey. Thanks, yeah. everybody. Thanks, Bye. Guys. Bye.